everyone to another edition of the Wrestling Merchandise and Memories Podcast, which is of course brought to you by CanadianBulldogsWorld.com, your scrapbook for wrestling merchandise and memories. I am Canadian Bulldog, the crown prince of podcasting. I just gave that myself that nickname. It's a it's a self-proclaimed. Well self-professed. I'm I'm sure some people are saying it on the streets. And as which all streets are those? I, in Thornhill somewhere. Around Willowbrook Road around, Yeah, around Brayburn, Willowbrook, something sure, like sure, that. Sure, Breckenwood, maybe. Yeah. Uh, German Mills. <laughs> and as always, I am joined by the star of Stage Screen. Stage Screen and Television. And Television. Stage Screen and Television. Those are three, when you think of the three most important things that you could be the star of, you'd probably put them in that order, maybe. Or not. Stu Stone. Yes. How you doing, Stu? Very good. Thank you for having me back, Bulldog. Uh, this has been one of my most favorite things to do professionally and passionately. And uh, we both have a love for professional wrestling of a certain era. And uh, I love getting together with you and recording these uh, podcasts. So hopefully people are enjoying listening to it. It's uh, got tons of great feedback. And I was just wondering, from your end, the last uh, podcast we did like seven or eight months ago, what uh, what feedback did you get? I've gotten uh, very very few people have had the uh, chutzpah, the moxie, uh, the guts, the intestinal fortitude to hit me up and discuss the podcast. But I've had a few people that uh, have mentioned to me they enjoy it uh, very much. Well, that's good. That's that's uh, if you do like what you're listening to. Uh, this Cam this Gordon week, for one, he's a big fan of the podcast. Big Cam, big fan, obviously. Uh, if you like Chester what you're listening Collins. to, Sir Chester Collins yes. is uh, shout out there. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, please uh, give us a five-star review. I'm not sure if you can do that on Spotify where we're currently located, but still do it. Spread the word. Tell two friends. They'll tell two friends. Is that how that works? I don't know. You, you would think I'm the crown prince of uh, podcasting or something. <laughs> Who, whatever would give us that idea. Who the fuck knows? So let's talk about this week's topic, which, Stu, what, what is this week's topic? I don't know. Right. I always come into this uh uh, without knowing what, you know, I like to be surprised. I like the authenticity of the experience for our listener and for myself. Uh, it's you, you, you know, for the people that want to know behind the curtain how it works here, uh, the bulldog comes up with, you know, the topics. And then I, I just take a ride. I'm basically hitching my bandwagon to him and, uh, you know, sort of bantering off of whatever topic he has. That's you, sort of- you probably listen to this and think, oh, my God, they've done like meticulous amounts of preparation. But no, not not really. We just have sort of a kernel of an ideal and just and just go from there. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> All right. So I've been training for this my whole life, brother. All right. On that note, uh, this week's topic is it's going to go way back to our childhood. Um, every fourth Saturday, mm. we stayed up late. Yes, we did. To watch the one and only Saturday, Saturday night's, night's main, main event. event. Yes. There you go. You're catching on quick. Kid. Yes. I like it. So. Let me. I just want to talk a little bit about what Saturday Night's Main Event was and sure. why it was so just ridiculously important to us as, as kids. Um, because you know, there's there's literally nothing you can compare it to today. If you look at uh, you know what you watch on Raw or SmackDown, there are uh, more often than not they're competitive matches. And back in the day when we were watching you know syndicated WWF superstars or or uh, Wrestling Challenge or, or Wrestling Calvacade or uh, Maple Leaf Wrestling Superstars on CHCH, Super all all of those shows. Spotlight, uh, re- USA. Was there a Prime all, Amer- wrestling. all American wrestling? All American wrestling, all of these jabroni shows. You, you'd be lucky. Well, they're not jabroni shows. I won't allow you to say that. But go ahead. 
You'd be lucky if you oh, get... Oh, you mean like the match content? The, yeah, overall content. You'd be sure. lucky if you were watching for the entire hour and you got an outlaw Ron Bass versus Lanny Poffo. If you were lucky, it, that would be... That's a great match. That's a, a main event anywhere in the the country. Um, Saturday night's main event, not only were there competitive matches, but they were important matches. So mm-hmm. these were things that you wanted to see and you'd been waiting to see. And you'd only find out what the week's card was when you looked at the TV, TV guide, guide. Yeah. or if you will, Star Week. And, and right. were able to get a, a bit of a, a sneak peek as to what you were going to watch. But you knew that these are matches you absolutely had to watch. 100%. I mean, this predates the pay-per-view model that came after it. And now, obviously, with uh, people who subscribe to WWE Network or some other streaming platform with their favorite wrestling promotion, you know, now you get... And well, Actually, AEW still does uh, pay-per-view, but this predates the pay-per-view model and... You know, once a month you got this super card, like uh, like you said, Bulldog, and it's really the brainchild. And uh, as luck would have it, you know, Vince McMahon was very. What happened? Uh, sorry, just looking at the levels here. That's your that's your mic. Uh, this is why I'm the crown prince of see, podcasting. Yeah, it moves when you talk. Uh, <laughs> Vince McMahon uh, uh, was very very good at getting his brand out there on whatever media outlet he could get it on. You know what I mean? USA Network was obviously huge. MTV played a huge role in the launch of WrestleMania and in the rock and wrestling connection, obviously. NBC, uh, you know, Dick Ebersol, whose name comes up all the time when you hear stories of uh, WWFs. I was just talking about past, the other day. Sure. Uh, you know, he was Vince's partner on the XFL the first time around. Uh, but, you know, he was uh, uh, the head of NBC Sports, I believe, and he believed in WWF big time. And uh, Saturday Night Live was uh, on a sort of a downswing at the time. And so once a month, they would, uh, instead of showing a rerun of Saturday Night Live, that time slot, he ever saw, managed to get Vince McMahon that Saturday Night Live time slot. This was, like you said, it was the biggest thing imaginable. First of all, staying up till 11.30 at night to watch wrestling was already an exciting kind of thing that parents could hold over you. Begin with. Absolutely. You do your chores. You can watch wrestling until 1 a.m. Yeah, Yeah. you can stay up till 1 o'clock. Are you kidding me? 1 o'clock in the morning? That was like for a 6th grade, 5th grade, 4th grade, 3rd grader. That's huge. Yeah. and Oftentimes you'd fall asleep before it was, and then you have to watch the tape the next day. Yes. Many a time I'd watch like the the last couple of matches on Betamax uh, the, the Sunday morning after. But, you know... You hit the nail on the head when you talked about this being in Saturday Night Live's time slot. Like, can you imagine that today? That's that's absolutely massive, and it just shows you how goddamn popular wrestling was in the uh, the mid '80s to early 1990s. Household names were made because of Saturday Night's main event, and it was you know people came to see Hulk Hogan fight somebody, and Hogan would usually win. Sometimes he wouldn't, but usually he would. And you know the guys that filled the undercard became household names along with Hogan because of Saturday Night's main event and the reach that it had. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage, uh, you know, Hillbilly Jim and, and Uncle Elmer and Rowdy Roddy Piper. These guys were the in Iron Sheik and Volkoff. Sorry, I've got to back up there. You're saying Uncle Elmer was a household name? I think he was a, a pretty big name. I remember Uncle Elmer had a wedding on Saturday Night's main event. It was a huge deal. And, like, Piper was came and interrupted. It was you're, a big deal. You're sitting at the dinner table... And like your mom asked you about Uncle Elmer. Yeah, Uncle like, Elmer was a big thing. King Kong Bundy. Okay, thank was, you. Was was 
you know, I was just thinking of that wedding, the Uncle Elmer Piper wedding specifically. It was a good wedding. I'm, I'm going to give you that. Uh, but Mr. Wonderful and Hulk Hogan. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to specific memories, but uh, if you don't mind me, like, skipping ahead for a Please. second here. You know, instantly I have a memory of one of the greatest, uh, you know, Saturday night's main event moments. There's a few, obviously. Uh, one of the ones that comes to mind, in no particular order, I'm not going to rank them, mm-hmm. but uh, Paul Orndorff against Hulk Hogan in a steel cage match. Arguably, at that time, was the biggest thing I've ever seen. The way that they played that, you had Hogan and Orndorff escaping the cage and their feet touching the floor at the same time. And who won the match? And if you were a guy who was rooting for Orndorff like I was, you you swear Orndorff's feet touched first and, you know, the Hogan fans. And then I think what they ended up doing was they recontinued the match and then Hogan ended up winning and beating up Heenan anyway. But... That controversy, like we talked about it at school on Monday morning, you were still talking about like, did you see what happened? Like the the cage and the Hogan on the, it just, I don't know. See, see, I was gonna say exactly that as like my my defining moment of the Saturday Night's Main Event era. So we're on the same page for sure. We were talking about that at school the next day. We weren't talking about Uncle Frickin' Elmer, but you know, point point taken. So we are gonna get into each uh, Saturday Night's Main Event and the matches that happened. Probably an hour three or hour four of this podcast, Fair. but but um, let's first talk about the introductions. The, the first, best. So I know they they hold a special place in your heart. Yes. Talk talk to us a, bit, a little bit about that. I mean, listen, those stand up interviews, those promos. I mean, they were the best. It like it was short, concise promos. You knew who was going to be fighting who. The the green screen backgrounds eventually that we got with like the every wrestler had like their own logo by eighty eight eighty nine ninety, uh, that music that played underneath it like it was like it was like uh, it was like Miami Vice theme song type of uh, instrumentation going on in the background like you know what I mean it was That's a pretty good impression and, and it would be like. You know, tell him daddy. And like they'd cut like a quick promo, like, and then Hogan, it would end with Hogan always with what you're going to do when Hulkamania runs wild on you. <laughs> that helped put that over. Saturday Night's Main Event put what you're going to do when Hulkamania runs wild on you. That's how that promo became a thing. I mean, if he said it in his Billy Red Lions or Mean Gene uh, interviews, didn't have the same effect. No, it, it absolutely got you pumped up for what you were about to see for the next hour and a half. And then he would flex, and then the music, the theme song, which originally was uh, Obsession, Obsession. by Anna Motion. Anna Motion. Uh, fun fact, a woman, uh, Holly Knight, who wrote that song, also wrote Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. I did not know that. <laughs> she, she did. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, that was the best song, obviously. Yeah. And, like, those intros were the best. You'd also get to see who was going to... Try to guess who's on the card just based on who's in the intro. Yeah, the, the the introduction, the first minute or so of that program was just absolutely phenomenal. Must see. And we're not really going to get into the relaunch of Saturday Night's main event, like circa 2005, no, 2006. No, no, no. But one thing I will say is when they first, first brought it back, the one cool thing they had, they had to do this, and I'm glad they did. They had that, like, doom, 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 doom. They had that music, and they had, like, Vince McMahon and, like, John Cena and Shawn Michaels, you know, doing the... so. It was a it was a thing of consistency, and I think you know us stupid marks who were such huge fans of the Saturday Night's Main Event era, you know, just really played into that for sure. And of course, you know, then they had the the next theme song when they didn't want to pay for the Obsession song is also an iconic song, like dance, dance, 
But I think that was like probably done by like Jim Johnston or something like that, so they wouldn't have to pay royalties. And and in fact, when we're talking about the subject of music, I don't know if you remember this. At the end, at like one a.m., when they were rolling the credits of the show, they also they had like just random like um like Susudio by Phil Collins yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was take just like... take me <laughs> yeah. home. Exactly. Um. So th- that was that was kind of cool before they probably got caught uh, for royalties there. Um. Let's talk about the vignettes, um, because not only were there, you know, top notch matches, but there were just a lot of crazy things happening mm-hmm. in between the scenes. Like any that stood out for you. I can remember uh, Corporal Kirshner, like landing by parachute to be interviewed by Mean Gene before mm. his uh, big match with uh, Nikolai Volkov. I don't know if you remember that one. I do. I can remember uh, uh, a Halloween uh, edition where they had like backstage antics featuring like the Iron Sheik in a Batman costume, if I'm not mistaken. He was bobbing for apples against Roddy Roddy Piper or something along those lines. Yeah, it was the good guys against the bad guys for sure, yeah. I remember when there was ever a cage match, they would cut the promos like behind the blue steel cage. Yeah, There was uh, there was a jungle scene where uh, Lord Alfred Hayes and Mean Gene were in the jungle the entire time. There was, yeah, you mentioned the Halloween one. Uh, there was a scene at the beach or a water park where they had like Jesse Ventura and, and Roddy Roddy Piper spying on the hillbillies. I don't remember that. Yeah, that was that was pretty early on. But it just it gave it a bit of a different flavor. So not only were you getting like the interviews before the matches, but you also had this like clever eye in the back that uh, just just got you really into into the mood. You I liked it. Yeah. So what I thought we would do is we're gonna go through the the first run of SNME from eighty five to mm-hmm. ninety two. Yeah. And we'll go through the specific cards, and you, you obviously don't have to weigh in on every single match. No. We'd be here all week. True. But memories that pop out. Why not? Exactly. Exactly. So. Do you know, for trivia's sake, the first Saturday Night's Main event mm-hmm. in May of 1985? Okay. What was the very first match you saw? The first match. Uh, I have no idea. If I had to guess, I would want to put Junkyard Dog or Ricky Steamboat in it. You got one of those, right? Yeah. Ricky Steamboat is in it. Ricky Steamboat is in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting Ricky Steamboat. Maybe he's going up against. What year was this? 85. Wow. So this is like before Steamboat was even like the biggest thing yet. He was still like, you know, proving ground Steamboat. This was a trios match. Oh, was? Yeah. So Steamboat was with uh, Snuka and uh, Andre, maybe? Exactly. Steamboat was with the U.S. Express, Mike Rotunda Ah, and Barry Windham. And who did they fight? They went against Nikolai Volkov, the Iron Sheik, and... George the Animal Steel. Oh, wow. Uh, Steel. George was a heel still in he w- the first one. I think this actually may have been the last match he was a heel. Did he turn in this match? I think he may have. This is the match that turned him good. I believe so. George the Animal became a huge star, by the way, when in during this era. Kids loved George the Animal Steel. I, I love George the Animal Steel today. But absolutely, Saturday Night's main event was a, was a big uh, proving ground for, for the animal. Um, next up, you had Hulk Hogan with Mr. We grew up not even knowing George the Animal Steel as a heel, but at one point, he was like the dastardly bad guy that fought against Bruno San Martino in the garden. Absolutely. And then he became, you know, uh, a, it's like almost like Mick Foley's career in a lot of ways, uh, minus the jumping off cages and stuff, but Mick Foley as Cactus Jack was like this psycho madman, bad guy, some, you know, his main eventing in WCW. Then when he had another... His, arguably even a bigger career was when he started doing the ha-ha-hoo-hoo-ha-ga-ga-goo-goo. And that's what happened to George the Animal Steel, basically. 
as soon as he started doing the gaga goo goo, ha ha ha, he became, you know, he all of a sudden was making real money. I think that needs to be a t shirt. Georgie will see ha ha goo goo. Um, from there, we had Hulk Hogan with Mr. T in his corner. Yes. Against Cowboy Bob Orton. Ace Orton. With Rowdy Roddy Piper yes. in his corner. That was kind of a rematch from the first WrestleMania. You had Wendy Richter, now the WWF Women's Champion, against Fabulous Mula. And then the last match. Was that a title change? Uh, it was not. No, she was champion. She retained. And then the last match was the Junkyard Dog, another big uh, star of the Saturday Night's main event years. Yeah. With his kayfabe mother, Bertha Ritter. And he was uh, he defeated none other than your guy, the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty. Really? Yeah. That was on Saturday Night's main event? It was. I think what you'll find as we go through a lot of these, like the last like 20 minutes of were just such utter shit. Yeah, but that's because it's like the Saturday Night Live rule. Like the yeah. last 10 sketches. like are, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah, nobody's watching at that point. And and a lot of it is like Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura recapping. Then you know, like, what about what Hulk Hogan did tonight? And they go to a commercial. Then he says it again. And then they go to commercial. Yeah. So yeah, you put your Pete Doherty uh, matches in Pete that. Doherty's lucky to have been on that show, the Duke of Dorchester. Yes. Uh, so let's skip ahead to the next Saturday Night's Made event, uh, which was also in '85. The first match was Hulk Hogan. Open so uh, curtain jerking Hogan. He, he did open a lot of these, yeah. And he was against Nikolai Volkov in a flag match. Ah, I remember that one, and that's he was in the American... That's that, that's the match where Hogan's pose ended up being the pose from... The iconic pose from Saturday Night's Main Event, like when he would pose and it would go to the logo. Was it? I thought it was WrestleMania 1. No, no. Is it? I, I thought it it's from that Hogan, and he's wearing the American Made shirt. No, but there's also one where he's like he's posing shirtless. So may, maybe we were both right on that. Hmm. We'll see if someone can can write in and, and let us know. Yeah, someone let us know. Uh, a copy of uh, UWF The Lumberjack Match on VHS is in it for you. Really? No, not really. Uh, from there, we had your guy, Uncle Elmer. Yeah, see? And he, see? De- he defeated Jerry Valiant. And that was probably very, very fun. It probably was not. Match lasted 12 seconds. Jerry Valiant had a match on Saturday's main event? Exactly. I got to watch that. I don't think you missed the uh, Uncle Elmer lot. was a spectacle, okay? He was a star. Like... He was a star. Nobody was putting Uncle Elmer on the front of TV Guide or Star Week. I'm telling you, Uncle Elmer was a spectacle. There was never an Uncle Elmer LJN wrestling figure. There should have been. There should probably should have been. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful Paul Lorndorf against Rowdy Roddy Piper. Double count out. Ooh. You remember that one? No. Neither do I. Andre the Giant and Tony Atlas. See, this has got to be stuff that I've seen on before, but I wasn't already knowing about Saturday Night's Main Event, really. Like, I, in 1985, I would have been seven or eight years old. So I would have been aware of of what of it, but not, you know, my fandom wasn't at its height at this point. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And then, so Atlas and, and Andre, which I'd never even heard were a team. And Mean Gene used to do the interviews in these early ones, like in, in the arena, like at the, you know, in between the bleachers. Yeah, so it wasn't like and backstage. Yeah, and they'd pipe it through the audience. The audience would hear... Something that WCW did on their TV all the time, and uh, I found that interesting. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, Atlas and Andre were against King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd. Don't remember that match at all. And then you had the the curtain, or sorry, what, what would we call the 1 a.m. match? Do we have a nickname for that? Not yet. The dream team of Brutus Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine against Tony Gurria and Lanny Poffo. Jeez. <laughs> All right, we're going into uh, Oct- Halloween of 1985, actually. Yeah, October this 31st. This would have been like the uh, Bobbing for Apples episode. 
Uh, it may no because it actually aired after mm. Halloween, so maybe not. I, I don't know. Uh, open with Terry Funk ah. against the Junkyard Dog. Okay. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant against Bundy and Stud. That yeah. a match I remember. That could have been a pay per view main event. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Randy Savage uh, was against Tito Santana, who is the Intercontinental oh, this Champion. Is a, this is the first like real stacked card. It, it absolutely is. Uh, this was a double countout for Savage and Santana. And then the last match was Ricky Steamboat against Mr. Fuji. Well, there you go. And this was in a Kung Fu challenge. Huh. How many Kung Fu challenges have you had in your in your last? Not enough. Yeah. All right. We mentioned uh, the Beach Water Park episode. That's uh, coming up next. And in the opening match, you've got Jesse Ventura, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Cowboy Bob Orton against Hillbilly Jim, Uncle Elmer, and Cousin Luke. Okay, so now, just so you're aware, Bulldog, mm-hmm. this is episode five of Saturday Night's Main Event. It's uh, four, actually. Episode four. So there's been four total episodes of Saturday Night's Main Event. We've established that the first two matches are the primetime matches, mm-hmm. right? Uncle Elmer, on two, 50% of the first four episodes, has been in those first two matches. When they come up with the Hall of Fame nominations, how many I'm just times saying, is Uncle Elmer's name... I'm just saying, so far, my argument stands true. In the first four episodes, Uncle Elmer was featured in main slots twice out of four. Okay, but I would say that's probably because of Jesse Ventura and Piper. No. Maybe he'll believe Uncle Elmer. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm keeping score. Cousin Luke, maybe. Hulk Hogan had the junkyard dog in his corner. He defeated Terry Funk. That match, I remember. That would have been a good match. Yeah, it was. Uh, Randy Savage. I would actually like to go back and watch... uh, Terry Funk sell for Hogan. That's probably a good match. It was a very good match. I think it's on uh, one of Hogan's DVDs for sure. Randy Savage uh, against Georgie Animal Steel. Let's count how many times this match gets replayed in uh, Saturday Night's Main Event history. Got Nikolai Volkov against Corporal Kirshner. That would probably be the interview that I saw. This is exactly. This is at Florida, so I'm sure it all ties in. And then in the last uh, midnight slot, you've got Junkyard Dog and Ricky Steamboat against Mr. Fuji and Magnificent Morocco. There you go. Fuji in the mop-up sl- slot, we'll call it. This was not Garbage a con- time. <laughs> Garbage, mop, uh, mop-up time. Like that. Uh, this was not a Kung Fu challenge. We're now up to the fifth uh, version of Saturday Night's Main Event. Okay. Mr. T against Bob Orton in a boxing match. I remember that. Yeah. Th- now this Boxing Bob Orton. Yes. So I would have been aware of Saturday Night's Main Event at this, at this exact point. And this was the first one that I would say was like super important for wrestling history because... So many things set Katie up. Like, Kid was in this? Uh, I think he was in Mr. T's corner here. No, he was not. Oh, maybe he was. I and don't then know. they shaved his head? That was later. That was okay. on uh, Piper's Pit. Okay. Same era, for sure. Um, but so many things were set up for WrestleMania 2 here. Then you had King Kong Bundy. Oh, is this where... Uh, oh, this is not Hogan Morocco, is it? It is. Yeah, it's coming up. Oh, Spoiler baby. Alert. This so, is the biggest Saturday Night's Main event that I... I, I remember this one was the one... The, fuck the Orndorff Hogan cage... Bundy breaking Hogan's ribs. Everybody had this on tape. Everybody knew about this angle. This was the hottest angle in wrestling in of the year. This was definitely a must-see Saturday Night's Main Event. So on that note, King Kong Bundy against Steve Gatorwolf. Steve Gatorwolf got squashed. Yeah, 41 seconds. Hulk Hogan against the Magnificent Morocco. And the whole, the whole shtick to that was that Mr. Fuji had the Asian flu, which I... 
today's terms, I'm guessing that would be coronavirus. But oh, boy. I, I, I don't, I, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be the one to say that. Well, you just did. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that's what it would have been. Uh, so he was sick, quote unquote. Wow. Bobby Keenan took his place. Bundy did the run in. He did. Just crushed the shit out of Hogan's ribs. Yes. It was avalanches, yeah. Bundy splashes. Every kid was doing the Bundy splash to their little brother and sister after watching that. It was the Bundy a, splash became a household term yes, after I, that. Unlike Al- Uncle Elmer, yes, I will I will concede that point. Then you had, this was another just amazing match, the Dream Team, Beefcake and Valentine, against the British Bulldogs. Wow. No, no relation that to probably yours, went really. to commercial break seven times. It was, uh, yeah, it's a 12-minute match, and uh, the Dream Team went over here, retained their titles. And then in the mop-up slot, you had Junkyard Dog against adorable Adrian Adonis. Don't it's remember that one. Stacked. Adorable Adrian Adonis was just getting going at this point, too. And yes. he had a hot, hot gimmick for a good year. Like, really awesome. I know he was basically, it was a ripoff of Adrian Street, right? I think there were some similarities, yeah. Well, it was exact, so, including so, his name and his look. But Adonis did it great. And, you know, that's sometimes that happens. <laughs> you know, you look at Ric Flair and Buddy Rogers Everybody knows Ric Flair. I mean, obviously, people who are older than us would remember Buddy Rogers because they saw him. But Ric Flair has embodied the Nature Boy thing. It's like he did it better. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and and I think that's kind of what I, Adrian Adonis' underrated performer should be in the Hall of Fame if he's not. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I'm with you on adorable Adrian for sure. Not but only a great wrestler, not only a legit tough guy, but the entertainment aspect of it. He would do whatever they asked him to do. They, they probably won't be showing his matches during, like, Pride Month or, or anything like that on WWE Network, but he, he was, was a, a, he was he a was, great performer. He was a good wrestler, man. He bumped well. He he had that old-school wrestler's body, you know, like the high trunks, out of shape, kind of like wrestler's yeah. body. Absolutely. I, I was a, I was an Adorable Adrian fan, for sure. Um, For trivia's sake, Adorable Adrian went on to WrestleMania 2. Who did he face? He was in WrestleMania 2. Yes. Huh. Adorable Adrian Adonis. I'm guessing it would have been like a George Wells type thing where it's somebody that he could put to sleep in it was, shame. It was a jobber for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like some kind of Salvatore Belomo type. Not quite. Uh, special delivery, Sal, G, CV, after. I'll answer it for you. No, 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 don't. I want a clue. Um, oh, uh, Sam Hughes. Um, no. We, we've mentioned this person's name already. Uh, Today? A couple times, yeah. Oh, Cousin Junior? Nope. Cousin Luke? Nope. Uncle Elmer? Yes. <laughs> really? It was Uncle Elmer. Really? Yes. Uncle Elmer? We're, we should change the name to this podcast to Six Degrees of Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer yes. fought Adrian Adonis at WrestleMania 2? He did. Huh. It was just about as bad a match as you can imagine. We're moving on now to the uh, fifth, sorry, the sixth Saturday Night's main event. This is right after WrestleMania 2. Okay. This one I remember very, very well. Okay. Hulk Hogan and the Junkyard Dog were teaming up. This time they did have the Haiti Kid in their corner. And they were against Terry and Haas Funk with Jimmy Jack Funk in their corner. Mm. I can remember maybe uh, Jimmy Hart ends up in his undies in this one getting branded on the tush. That's, that sounds about right. Then you've got King Kong Bundy against Uncle Elmer. Squash L- wh- City. Hold on a minute. Yeah. King Kong Bundy against Uncle Elmer. Which episode of Saturday Night Live is this? It's not Saturday Night Live. It's actually Saturday Night's main event, no, right. and it's, it's episode six. Okay, so now three out of six, the first six episodes, Uncle Elmer has been in the prime time slot. 
I don't think you're going to see very many more, though. But, okay, but I'm just but, saying, like, I wasn't wrong to say that the early days of Saturday Night's Main Event, which is the first six months of the program, no, but if Uncle said, Elmer was heavily featured if you half said, of the time. If you said Uncle Elmer was heavily featured in the Saturday Night's Main Event early days, how could I, I disagree? You're saying he's a household name. Well, I'm saying he was because he was in that primetime spot. They gave Uncle Elmer the fucking Hogan spot more than once. No, they didn't. Three times. All right. And they did have a weigh-in before where I think uh, Uncle Elmer had a bucket of fried chicken, if I'm not mistaken. Fair. Yeah. From there, we had Adrian Adonis. There's that name again. Against Paul Orndorff, who is now a babyface. Paula. Yes. That was, yeah, that was when he was calling him Paula. Uh, Jake the Snake against Ricky Steamboat. That's a good match. Well, this was actually just an angle where... uh, Uh, He brought out the uh, dragon. The Komodo no, Dragon? No, that's later. This is where Jake the Snake DDT'd on Steamboat the on the concrete. Steamboat was always getting his ass kicked on Saturday night's uh, main event. He was, yeah, absolutely. I think it was an amazing uh, angle. One of my favorite angles. I remember that. Yeah, and then you in the mop-up spot, you had the British Bulldogs against Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Now, that would have been a good match because Volkov and Sheik would have been actually in their prime and the Bulldogs are the Bulldogs. Absolutely, and that was two out of three falls as well. Those guys probably wrestled that match a thousand times. Absolutely. You know, it's like yeah. Bulldogs against Sheik and Volkov. How many times? Bulldogs in the Heart Foundation. How many times? Like These guys wrestled each other all the time. Absolutely. So we're going on to uh, episode number seven now. Seems like Bulldogs have been the mop-up boys a few times. Yeah. yeah, but that was a much longer match, though, so I don't know if that would qualify. Uh, so now you've got Hulk Hogan against Paul Orner if he's heel again by episode seven. So this would be after the best angle in the history of wrestling. Absolutely. When Hulk Hogan gets turned on. Uh, sorry, I, I shouldn't say that. That sounds weird. When when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan. Yes. By being sexually sexy. He turned on Hogan. No. Uh, I well, what you meant. I don't know if you recall, um, Bulldog, but Orndorff tried to call Hogan. Yes. And Hogan didn't answer because he was busy working out or something. And that was enough to end their friendship. One phone call. And they came back and teamed. And, of course, uh, wonderful. Turned on Hogan with the clothesline that it was heard around the world, felt around the playground, was the angle of the summer, mm-hmm. led to the big event in Toronto, which is a precursor to some of these stadium shows you see now. And that this Saturday night's main event match was probably the cage match. No, this wasn't the wasn't? cage. No, this, this was the match in between. Cage match is coming up soon. Okay. But this is after the big event. So we talked about that in our Toronto Wrestling right. Memories, uh, which is in the archives. But this is uh, this was the return match after the big event. Okay. Hogan won by DQ. Okay. And this had, if I'm not mistaken, it had outside interference from Adrian Adonis and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Hmm. Then you've got Steamboat against Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, Steamboat went over. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper defeated the Iron Sheik in 43 seconds. Oh, that's when he came down with the crutch and like spit, did... Uh... He beat him and then blew snot rockets on him. Yes, that's it. And it was originally supposed to be Pedro Morales versus Iron Sheik, which how was that at a Saturday night's main event match? I don't know. Um, then Pedro had, had an LJN figure, didn't he? He did not. Did I make that up? You did. <laughs> Pedro didn't have an LJN? Yeah. Are you sure? I am sure. Then you had the British Bulldogs against the Dream Team, Beefcake If and I told you that there was a Pedro Morales LJN, close your eyes and imagine it. What does it look like? I've seen he has orange trunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that. has a bit of hair on his chest. Yeah. So I think somebody has like customized and done an Like the old figure. Bruno figure, rep- like a repaint. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. That curly dark hair. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Br- uh, Pedro. Um, and Bruno. And Bruno. Sure. And, and half the people and we're talking Elmer about. And Elmer and everybody else you're talking about. Yeah. 
So the British Bulldogs, both uh, dead uh, and managed by Captain Liu, also passed away against the Dream Team with Johnny Valiant, who's also uh, up there in Wrestling Heaven. And they went two out of three falls in that one. That was a rematch from WrestleMania 2. And then the mop-up spot was Kamala with not only Kimchi, but also the Wizard against Leaping Lanny Poffo. That would have been good. I think that that might have been when uh, Kamala jumped off the top rope onto Poffo. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it sounds right. It was called the bingo. That's what I was calling it back then. The bingo off the top rope, and Jesse Ventura would yell bingo. From there, we've got Saturday Night's Main Event number seven. And this one opened up with one of my favorite uh, SNME matches of all time. Randy Savage, Intercontinental Champion, against Jake the Snake Roberts, who is also a heel at this point. Heel versus heel? Yeah. And they went to a double DQ. Huh. Then you had Hulk Hogan defending the championship against Hercules Hernandez. And Hercules had Hogan up in the backbreaker. And Hogan, it looked like he tapped. According to Ventura... Well, he, he Hogan gave, gave up. up. Yeah, he didn't tap. But yes, absolutely. Hogan gave up. Yeah. Hercules should be the champ. Imagine how that would have changed wrestling history. Yeah. Do you think he would have given a shot to Uncle Elmer at this point? Yeah, one would hope so. Yes. Uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper against Cowboy Bob Orton. Then you had the Killer Bees against the Hart Foundation. This would have been like Piper's almost like his farewell tour at this point. Uh, he's a few months away, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, then you had Coco Beware against Nikolai Volkov. That sounds Volkov awful. got a lot of uh, Saturday Night's Main Event matches. He absolutely did. He is a household name, I would say. Uh, and then in the mop-up spot, you've got Magnificent Morocco against Dick Slater. Dirty Dick Slater. Yeah. Did a mop-up. Yep. I actually think they didn't even show that whole match. Like, it was in progress, and they had to go off the air. Sounds about right, because it was a pretty loaded show. Um... From there, we've got... This is the one you were talking about earlier. Was there one where, like, the Rockers won the belts, but they didn't show it on TV? That was like, the ring broke? That wasn't Saturday Night's Main Event. Although, they, they did fight the Hart Foundation on Saturday Night's Main Event. Later. Uh, so, now we've got... This is the match you talked about at the outset. Hulk Hogan versus Paul Orndorff in a steel cage match. Yeah. What a, a amazing angle and just a way to, to keep their feud going because it looked like Orndorff legitimately had a, a claim to the title. Danny Davis was the referee. And he thought that Orndorff won, but the other, I want to say Joey Morella, thought that Hogan won. And there was a big, just a, a, a big, big to do. Yeah, with that. Um, Randy Savage against George the Animal Steel. Hmm. Then you've got Junkyard Dog against Harley Race. So where Uncle Elmer's wedding must have happened and unmentioned by you at this point. Well, but there's no, they don't put Uncle Elmer's wedding in the results here. See, so I'm just kind of that a was a big angle. That, and I think Elmer's done by it at this point. He's done with wrestling. He's, he may not be alive by this point, yeah. But he definitely had a big wedding angle that Roddy Piper interfered with when he was still a heel. So we left that out of the first five episodes right. as well. So Uncle Elmer, in the first two years of Saturday Night's Main Event, was a main eventer. When we get to the uh, wrestling wedding episode, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to shoehorn that in there. Uh, Adrian Adonis defeated Rowdy Roddy Piper by countout. I think that Piper had a crutch going into this match, maybe. Maybe, yeah. And then in the mop-up slot, this is a good one. Blackjack Mulligan against Jimmy Jack Funk. That's a match that I think went about all of seven seconds. Uh, Let's see here. I'm just going to go back and check your math. Two minutes and 31 seconds. It was quick. But yeah, it it wasn't. uh, Don't commit their name to memory. They won't be here that long. Uh, So from here, we've got... The 10th version of Saturday Night's Main Event. This is right about a month before 
a month or so before WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. Randy Savage against Georgie Animal Steel again. Yes. In this one, Miss Elizabeth was in a neutral corner. Oh, she was sitting in like a lifeguard's chair. Yes. And this was whoever won the match won Miss Elizabeth. So I don't know if that angle would fly necessarily today, but yes. Then, and this is one of the most also memorable Saturday Night's Main Event matches I remember. A battle royal that featured Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant having and, a big confrontation. And Poffo got uh, his head busted open. Yes. Le- Leaping Lanny Poffo's head was caved in. Uh, by, he, by Andre's head, but got put over in this match. Big time. It was a great angle. It's a great story. Do you remember who won? Who won that battle royal? Yes. Maybe Ted DiBiase? Nope. Who? Hercules. Really? Yes. <laughs> Bobby Heenan helped him, and he beat that Billy Jack Haynes. So that set up their WrestleMania ah. confrontation. King Kong Bundy against Jake the Snake Roberts, another heel versus heel matchup here. Uh, then you had the Hart Foundation against Tito Santana and Danny Spivey. Oof. I remember <laughs> I remember that one was for the WWF Tag Team titles just after they won them. And then you've got Ricky Steamboat against the Iron Sheik in a singles match. I'd like to watch that. It wasn't that great. It was uh, definitely sort of mop-up slot. From there. Steamboat and the Bulldogs. Vince used to put the workers in the mop-up slot. They did, yeah. Yeah, I guess for whoever was still watching at that hour. Next Saturday, it's main event. Randy Savage. Oh, no, this is the same one. Sorry. This is why I am the crown prince of podcasting. Okay. This makes absolutely no sense. I think this was a dark match. Okay, never mind. Kamala Ooh. defeated Jake the Snake Roberts. Do you remember this match? This was a legendary angle. This is where... Uh, no. Yeah, Jake... Oh, oh, Kim Chi turned out to be Honky Tonk Man. Yes. That was another one that was like everyone talked about at school. Everybody imitated that angle in their basement feds. This was a huge angle. Honky Tonk Man was dressed as kimchi, took off the mask, revealed it was Honky Tonk. The place went nuts. Unbelievable. It was a great angle, for sure. Randy Savage against Georgie Animal Steel, this time in a lumberjack match. How many fucking times did these guys have to wrestle? It was, it was a popular one on uh, Saturday Night's <laughs> Main Event. I think this was the final one, if I'm not mistaken. Then you had the British Bulldogs and uh, with Tito Santana in their corner against the Hart Foundation with Danny Davis and Jimmy Hart. Mm. And that was another two out of three falls. This was a staple of Saturday night's main event. Mm. Ricky Steamboat, the Intercontinental Champion against Hercules. Wow. Do you remember this match? No. Randy Savage still wanted the Intercontinental title, so he actually helped Steamboat. Ah. Yeah, I remember that very well. And then in the mop-up, you had Rick Martell and Tom Zink with uh, Jim Duggan in their corner against Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Say that one again. The Can-Am Connection, Martel yes. and Zink. Sure, sure. Against Volkov and the Sheik. Yeah. Two, uh, no, was it two, three? No, it was just one. Now I'm starting one. to believe that Volkov has the most Saturday Night Live main, or Saturday Night's main event matches of anybody so far. His name comes up more than anybody's. Him or Hogan, yeah, I think so. He, he was a staple, for sure. I'll give you that. From there, we've got Randy Macho Man Savage. Who do you think he's against? George the Animal Steel. No, this time he's against the Honky Tonk Man. Ah. Another huge angle. Yes. Oh, this was the big one. So uh, at the end of the match, Honky Tonk's going to smash the guitar over Macho Man's head. Elizabeth gets in the way. Honky gives her the old shove She runs to the back, and Terry Bam Bam Boulder comes out, 
and the mega powers uh, are formed. Yeah, just a phenomenal match. Great angle. Remember it to this day. And then from there, you And go- if you listen to Honky Tonk do shoot interviews, which I'm sure anyone who's a degenerate enough to listen to this show has probably heard Honky Tonk Men shoot interviews, he talks about that angle very, very uh, knowing that that was the beginning of the end for Honky because that was his big angle, but it was really his thing to set up the mega powers, and that was it for Honky. He was really pretty much like rhythm and blues guy after that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he, he did a great job in that angle. From there, you've got Hulk Hogan defending his WWF championship against Sika. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you've got King Kong Bundy with... On- Sika! What you gonna do, Sika? <laughs> that sounds like something the Hulkster would have said back then. What you gonna do, Sika? <laughs> you big bad dude, Sika. Eating your raw fish, brother. But what you gonna do, Sika? <laughs> you can imagine... Him cutting a Sika promo. You got your grand wizard. You can bring Kamala. You can bring the raw fish, brother. But when I reach down, the power of my Hulkamaniac, Sika. What are you going to do, Sika? Do you realize this is probably more than anybody's ever analyzed the Hulk Hogan versus Sika match ever? Like even Sika's parents probably didn't put that much uh, thought into this. Okay. What you going to do, Sika? <laughs> King Kong Bundy had Andre the Giant in his corner, defeated Paul Orndorff, who had Oliver Humperdinck in his. Oh, yeah. Forgot about Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Yes. He had a a brief run with Bam Bam Bigelow and uh, Orndorff. Yeah. And then the last match was the Hart Foundation as the champions against the Young Stallions, Paul Roma and Jimmy Powers. A favorite of the podcast. Okay. So George the Animal Steel is back on Saturday night's main event. Thank God. Uh, And he defeats dangerous Danny Davis by disqualification. Well, that makes sense. I don't even remember that one. May have been a dark match. Randy Savage is against Bret Hart. Here's another great legendary match. Do you remember this one? Uh, no. So this was Bret Hart's first like actual singles, singles match. Singles match, right. And Savage had injured his his foot, his ankle. Just when Bret turns babyface? Not qu- no, not quite yet. Okay. No. So Savage had to take his boot off to relieve the pressure and, and finish the match right. with like a sock on. Yeah, now I remember that. But it was like one of the more, like the better technical matches. Yeah, I remember that time. now. Yeah. King Kong Bundy, my guy, with Bobby Heenan, defeated, that's right, defeated Hulk Hogan by count out. And that set up uh, another angle with Andre the Giant. And then in the bitch slot, you've got Bam Bam Bigelow with uh, your guy Oliver Humperdinck against Hercules Hernandez to finish that. We're now into 1988, in wow. case you're wondering. Hmm. The opening match is the Strike Force. Ah. Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Yes. WWF Tag Team Champions. Would you care to guess who their, their title defense was against? Demolition? No. Hmm. The Islanders? No. 88? Uh, like uh, Morocco and Orton? No. All good guesses, by the way. I don't know, then. The Bolsheviks. Oh. Volkov and Zukov. So there's huh, Nikolai so, there again. Yeah, Nikolai getting his getting his ugly mug back on TV. Good for you, Nikolai. That was another two out of three falls. One. Boris Zukov did two out of three falls matches. <laughs> he did. Wow. And this was, uh, if I remember correctly, it does not say here on my sources, but I believe it was they won Strike Force one in two straight falls. Huh. I remember hearing like Bret Hart interviews where he puts over his matches with the Bolsheviks. I think actually it was in this Hall of Fame acceptance speech when he was talking about like. Me and Jimmy, we used to work with, had great matches with teams like the Killer Bees, the Dream Team, the Bolsheviks. 
I'm calling Bolshevik on that one. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think he did. <laughs> well, then it would probably be for Nikolai, not Boris. But what you gonna do, Sika? <laughs> well, funny you mentioned that. Oh, is Sika up next? Look at the next match. The next match is Hulk. Uh, Jake Roberts defeated Sika. Sika with another matchup here. Sika's showing some sign. Jake here. Roberts is like Sika. When you step in, you know he had like Sika, my man. Sika, my man. You gotta ask yourself a question. When you get up today, are you prepared to face your destiny? <laughs> However, Jake would do something cold. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they had a backstage interview for this one, but it would have gone something something like that. Sika. Then you had the big return match: Hulk Hogan against King Kong Bundy with yes. Andre the Giant in his corner. And this is the one Andre the Giant started choking Hogan, Hogan with his strap. Yeah, and uh, you had the Bulldogs run out. You had Duggan run out. Oh, Duggan hit him with the board. Yeah, this set up the Duggan match. It did. Yeah. Huh. And that the, was a big angle. Duggan hit Andre, and like that was the first person to kind of make Andre move other than Hogan. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then in the bitch spot, you've got Greg the Hammer Valentine against Coco Beware. Mm. The hammer went over. The mop-up spot. Yeah, I'm calling it the bitch spot from now on. That's going to be a thing. From there, we've got Saturday Night's main event 15. And we open with Brutus, now the Barber Beefcake, ah. against Greg the Hammer Valentine. Wow. Already. Former partners collide. That was a snooze fest. <laughs> Hulk Hogan defeated Harley Race. Now, that's a match that's memorable. And I think it also ended Harley Race's in-ring career. Harley Race took a bump on a table that didn't break or something happened there, and you hurt his back, and that was good. That was it for Harley. I think it was, yeah, his abdomen or something like that. But, yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing about this, Hogan had lost his title now to Andre the Giant, so the title was vacant. And so Hogan was like really pissed off when he went into this one using, using dirty tricks and stuff like that. I'll say this. Hulk Hogan versus Terry Funk was probably a dream match for a wrestling purist since you were never going to get Hogan Flair. Hogan against Harley Race is probably the biggest dream match if you're like a wrestling smart fan at that stage, which we were too young to kind of understand what was happening there. Mm-hmm. But Harley Race, who was Mr. NWA World's Heavyweight Champion against Hulk Hogan... And apparently Harley Race even showed up at a venue and pulled a gun at Hogan at one point. So wrestling, this was the equivalent of like Edge against Matt Hardy or something. It's like. There was some bad blood there. There was, there was history, bad blood yeah. between the two of them. Plus the history of the two guys being the top champions of their respected companies. Harley Race, one of the most respected wrestlers by the wrestlers back then. Comes into Vince and Vince makes him handsome Harley. Uh, you know. He was already handsome. Harley. Well, I'm just saying, Vince like perpetuated it and made him the king and yeah. made him dye his hair. And uh, anyway, Hogan against Harley Race was a huge match. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very, it was a good match too. Uh, this is really interesting. This it really is- got to show you how Harley could really work uh, that match because we were not exposed to Harley like other people were, especially yes. when we grew up in a WWF TV territory. He just looked like an old man, basically. But he was match, still, yeah. D- yeah, before that, we didn't know what he could do. No, he was and he was like- do- doing that Harley race, like those, you know, those bumps that he takes. And really, really, I can remember, it might not be as good as I remember it, but I just remember it just being like an incredible match. It's It's one worth tracking down for sure. And then talk about really interesting. So this is before WrestleMania 4. You had the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, with Virgil and Andre the Giant in his corner, mm-hmm. defeating Randy Savage by countout. Wow. And that ended up being the main event for WrestleMania 4 in the tournament. Now, you've left out 
you've left out the main event. Yes, that's that's a very good point. Which so, happened two months prior to this. Yes. Which was the biggest event in the history of wrestling of all time on television, still to this day, the ratings record. Yeah, it may be worth talking about. There was there were uh, three specials called the main event, and one of them yeah. happened. The first one, the main one, happened right here. Andre defeats Hulk Hogan for the championship, makes front page of the newspaper everywhere, all over the world. More people watched that than any other wrestling match ever, and I don't even remember what else was on that card. So you would have a Randy Savage against the Honky Tonk Man, okay, and then you had Strike Force against the Heart Foundation, but okay. they didn't like finish that match. It, right, the, went off the air. Um, or no, that's not. Sorry, I'm thinking a year ahead. You're thinking of a Keem Boss Man. Yeah. In any event, yes, that that was the. He first left main that event. one out. I, I guess it's technically not a Saturday night's main yeah, event. That was a Friday, the main event. But save it for another uh, another podcast. That would be a very short one. But yes, okay. Uh, finishing up here this episode, you got the Islanders now heels against the Killer Bees. When were the Islanders baby faces? They started off as baby faces. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and they turned on the Can-Am connection. Did they? I have no idea how I remember that, but yes. Huh. And uh, so they had Heenan in their corner, defeated the Bees, Brenzel and Blair in a two out of three falls match. And then in the bitch slot, you've got one main gang against Kenny Patera. Hmm. One main gang went over. Patera on his way out. Yeah, for sure. Um, right after WrestleMania, 4. he got a pretty big push, Patera, but he couldn't talk. That was the problem, I think. Like in the early '80s, it worked for him, but in the, when they put him by himself and he wasn't a heel, he didn't have Heenan talking for him. I don't. It just didn't work. Definitely I, not. Did Andre, he ever show up in WCW? I know he showed up in UWF. Yeah, no, he never showed up in WCW. So Ken Patera, he just it was UWF and then goodbye. I think that was his swan song, yes. Huh. He's in some WWE. DVDs Maybe ECW, now. did he ever, like when it was Eastern Championship Ken, no, Wrestling? No, Kenny Patera was never part of ECW. You know, Snuka and like the other guys like that yeah, were. Yeah. Valentine, maybe. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're off on a tangent here. We're going to go back to Saturday Night's Main Event. This is after WrestleMania 4 now, so we're into 88. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan uh, defeated Hercules in the opening match that had Bobby Heenan and Andre the Giant in their corner. Do you put these up on YouTube? Do I put them up on YouTube? <laughs> like these podcasts. You should. Oh. You like put them up with like rap. People would, you know, you put them up on YouTube as an upload with like a picture of Wrestling Merchandise and Memories podcast. And then the title, it says like what we're talking about. I bet you we'd get some more listeners. All right. Let's, if uh, if that's something you're interested in seeing, hit us up. I'm interested in seeing it. I think right. we should do that. All right. Just ideas are flowing. This is awesome. <laughs> yes. All right. So I thought you were asking if I put... Hacksaw Jim Duggan against Hercules on YouTube. No. I don't think I'd be allowed to do that. No. Brutus the Barber Beefcake against Dangerous Danny Davis. Ah. Randy Savage, now the champion, against the one-man gang. I remember this one very well. I don't know why, but it was it was a competitive match. Demolition. Uh, I don't know if they were the tag team champions yet. Oh, I guess they were. Uh, they defeated the British Bulldogs by disqualification. The Million Dollar Man defeated Don Morocco. And then in the bitch slot, you've got Ravishing Rick Root against Coco Beware. Coco on his way out? No. I, Coco I don't even know. on his way yeah. to like tag team with Nightheart. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're now into late 1988. Jake the Snake Roberts with his wife, Cheryl Roberts, defeated Ravishing Rick Rude. Hmm. I feel like Andre the Giant was Good was angle involved. there, by the way, with Rick Rude coming out with uh, Cheryl Roberts uh, painted on his undies. Yeah. Then you got Demolition with Mr. Fuji and with Jimmy Hart 
against the Hart Foundation. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Wait, why is he with Demolition? Why were they with Jimmy Hart? Because um, I, it was an angle where... Hart's turned good? They turned good, and Jimmy Hart got like 25% of their contract or something like that. So well, how did they end up wrapping that up? Uh, maybe they're still... I thought Jimmy like, Hart managed the Rougeos, and that's when he turned on the Hart Foundation. No, the Hart Foundation dumped him first. And then he ended then up he managed with the Rougeos. the Rougeos, yeah. So this was like part of that like revenge stuff. Hulk Hogan, with Miss Elizabeth in his corner, defeated King Haku. You've got Dino Bravo against Ken Patera. And then in the bitch slot, you've got Big Boss Man against Jimmy Powers. Pretty unremarkable uh, version of Saturday Night's Main Event. This is probably when the ratings started to go downhill. I, I would think so, yeah. Uh, especially you're going to look at the next one here, too. The Ultimate Warrior is the uh, Intercontinental Champion. He defeated the Super Ninja. I remember, remember that, of course. Yes. Who the hell is Super Ninja? He was brought in for one match and then never used again. I don't remember who he was, but uh, somebody here can correct Super us. Ninja. Yeah, he was managed by Mr. Fuji. Yeah. He even got like a, a, a pre-match promo. And a yeah. graphic. And he had a graphic, yeah. He even had a pre-match. Somehow they had footage of him for like the... Dance, 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 no, I think that was from the same match. Oh. Yeah, because I, I don't think this was live. Yeah, Hercules against Virgil. Uh, you got Randy Savage. The that world. Super Ninja match wasn't very long either. Uh, you're right. Two minutes and 11 yeah, seconds. Yeah, that was a quick one. Randy Macho Man Savage is the world champion. Fought Andre the Giant to a double disqualification. You've got a flag match next against Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Boris Zukov. There he is again. Fucking Zukov. You know, me and Jimmy, we used to go down the road with the, the Bolsheviks, Bushwhackers, Beverly Brothers. We had some great matches. Oh, Boris. Uh, and then in the last uh, match here, you got the fabulous Rougeau brothers against the Young Stallions. Stallions oh. with another uh, mop-up. Yeah, they're they're like permanently in this bitch slot, I think. Yeah. Roma and Powers. Uh, we're, okay, I remember this one well. This was in Tampa, Florida. And the opening match was Brutus Beefcake against Outlaw Ron Bass. Grudge match. It was a grudge match, and it was a hair versus hair match. Oh, is this where uh, Ron Bass lost his hair? He did, yes. Wow, and then he was bald Ron Bass, and that was it for him. That was pretty much the end of his career, yeah. Did he ever show up anywhere after that, other than UWF, maybe? UWF. <laughs> uh, I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm not the outlaw Ron Bass aficionado. That Black you Bart? Be. Black Bart is a completely different person. Different person. Yeah. Hulk Hogan had Miss Elizabeth in his corner again. And defeated Akeem, the African Dream. That I loved Akeem, one of my favorite gimmicks. Yeah. The Ultimate Warrior, still world champion, defeated the Honky Tonk. Oh no, sorry, he's Intercontinental Champion. Defeated the Honky Tonk Man. Hmm. Tito Santana defeated the Red Rooster with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And I think this may be where Red Rooster turned. Pretty sure it is, actually. Uh, for trivia's sake. And then in the bitch slot, you've got Mr. Perfect against Coco Beware. Coco not getting a lot of love at these events. But We're, putting over a bunch of Hall of Famers. He is, and he's a Hall of Famer himself now, yeah. so there you go. It all worked out for Coco. I, we've talked about this before, but there's a match where that shows Coco Beware wrestling for uh, like Mid-South or NWA or one of these like studio shows, and he's fighting against some enhancement guy who like isn't sort of selling for him, and Coco beats the fucking shit out of him. I did not know that. It's great. Like I'll have to Coco look that is up. a tough guy. 
And I remember Iron Sheik telling me stories that Coco would always try to wrestle him, like, in the back or at the hotel, or whatever. Like, Coke, people would try to turn a guy over, like, in amateur wrestling kind of move. You right. know what I mean? And nobody could turn the Sheik over. Coco would always try, according to the Sheik, but never uh, was never able to do it. Yeah, Coco, beware. This is the Iron Sheik, isn't even a... Well, Coco was a tough him. guy, is what I'm trying to say. Iron Sheik is tougher, though. Yes. Shout out to the Iron Sheik if he's still sitting. He is. The 20th edition of Saturday Night's Main Event opens up with Brutus the Barber Beefcake against Rick Rude. Hmm. Hulk Hogan with Miss Elizabeth in his corner defeated Bad News Brown. Seems like Hogan was with Elizabeth for a while. Yeah, I think this is leading up to something. Yeah. Which I won't have on my list here because that's the next main event. Uh, the Million Dollar Man defeated the Blue Blazer. Oh. oh, I don't know why that's funny. I don't know why you're laughing at that. That's not funny. The people don't understand my sense of humor. Sometimes. I guess not. Jeez. Here's a match for you. The Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Yes, against the, the Rockers. Rockers. Yep. One yep. of the great house show loop matches of the era. Is this 1989 by any chance? It is. This was the match of the year for 1989. If you went to a house show, you got to see 20 minutes to half hour of Brain Busters and Rockers. I was lucky enough to catch it when I was in Phoenix, Arizona, and I re- still remember it to this day. The Rockers were putting on unbelievable matches with the Brain Busters. And do you remember Rockers versus Powers of Pain? Uh, where Madison Shawn Michaels Garden. took that backdrop and was like to the roof? Yes, we had that in our Wrestling Classics uh, comp uh, okay. VHS, yes. Um, and then so finally in the bitch slot, you've got the Red Rooster now, a baby face against the Brooklyn Brawler. And Brawler was managed by Bobby Heenan at this point. He was, yes. Are you going to the Rena Rumble this year? Um, Are you unaware of it? I'm aware of it. March 6th in Toronto, mm-hmm. featuring Lanny Poffo, Barry Horowitz, Virgil, Papa Shango, Hornswoggle, and Brooklyn Brawler. All of those people have been on Saturday Night's main event. And they will all be at the Rena Rumble. Wow. If this if this drops before the the uh, Rita Rumble, then uh, definitely check it out. Are you gonna go? I'm not sure at this point. We'll see. Think about all those autographs you could get. Yeah, good point. Brawler. Yeah, Let's put on some good some uh, good people. The Megan Boys. Shout out to them. Saturday night's main event twenty one mm. opens with King Duggan. Oh, against Ravishing Rick Rude. E. Randy Savage. Uh, I remember this match really really well. This is the first time he has sensational Sherry in his corner, mm. and he's against the Anvil, Jim Neidhart. Ah. Yeah. That didn't go uh, over so well for the Anvil. It did not. Uh, Hulk Hogan, you may remember this match, Steel Cage match against the Big Boss Man. Yeah. Boss Man and Hogan. Do you remember that? Did Hogan get handcuffed or something? What happened? No, he did not. Hulk Hogan did a superplex off the off top, the of, top the cage. of the cage. Off the top of the cage, yeah. Holy shit, I forgot about that. It also had the interference by Zeus at the starting of the oh, match. Oh, is that what happened? yes. yes. Zeus. Yeah. Huh. Then you've got the Brain Busters, uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, winning the WWF Tag Team titles by disqualification. Wow. Against Demolition in a two out of three falls match. They won the belts. I don't know if they won them in this one. <laughs> it actually may have been the rematch, but they won by disqualification here. Huh. And then the bitch slot has Superfly Jimmy Snuka against. The returning Jimmy Snuka. Yeah. Returning from murder. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. Who, who do you think he was against? United States? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Snuka 
He's he's been mentioned several times on this podcast. Brooklyn Brawler. It's not Brooklyn Brawler, and it ain't Uncle Elmer. Before you go there, Snuka, Danny Davis. Nope. Snuka. Hercules. Nope. These are all good guesses. Snuka. Who did he beat? Uh, Snuka. Who would he have fought? Rick. Mm. One of the toughest teams the Hart Foundation ever came across. Oh, really? Snuka versus Zukov? Really? Yes. What an awful match that is. Oh, my God. According to Bret Hart, though, good matches they used to have with the Beverly Brothers, the Bolsheviks, the Bushwhackers, anything, any team that started with a B. The Bs, the Bushwhackers, the Bolsheviks, Barbarian, Bossman and Akeem. We're on to Saturday's main event number 12. Bob Orton and uh, Don Morocco. Hulk Hogan is now WWF champion again. And he defeats the Honky Tonk Man. Mm. Superfly Jimmy Snuka against Can't Greg- hear you. Superfly Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> yes, thank you. Superfly. Yes. Against Greg the Hammer Valentine. That's another woof woof of a match. Uh, I think that was rugged Ronnie Garvin was probably the referee or something. Oh, something yeah. Like that. that was a good angle. Yeah. Brutus Beefcake against Randy Savage. And then the Brain Busters. Okay, here it is. The Brain Busters defeated... Axe and Smash in a two out of three falls. So this is where they won the tag titles. Ah. So I was I was close. I was one Saturday night's main event off. So they to- they fought six falls against Demolition. No, I think the first one was a regular match. Ah. And then this one was two out of three falls. Gotcha. That's where I was. I, I, I only hope the people at home can forgive me. If they're still listening. Area. Yeah, well, that's, there's, that's always the risk. Saturday night's main event number 13 opens with... 13, 23. In in a manner of speaking, twenty three. <laughs> Macho King Randy Savage ah, yes. defeats Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Snuka, they see they set him up in those first in those mop time matches so that he would be important, and then Savage when he beat him, it could mean something. Okay, Snuka wearing boots by at this point. He definitely career. was. Yeah, yeah. This was definitely the boot days of, of Snook, Superfly. UWF alumni, Snook, Superfly Snuka. Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion, against the Million Dollar Man with Zeus in his corner. Who was the first ECW champion? Superfly Jimmy Snuka. Sure was. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper against Haku, which is like, what? I guess Piper was back at this point. I guess so. Tito Santana, accompanied by the Red Rooster, Brutus Beefcake, and Dusty Rhodes. What? Fought Rick Martel, who had Jimmy Hart, the Honky Tonk Man, Slick, Akeem, and the Big Boss Man. This must have been a Survivor Series uh, it, preview. It absolutely was. And that was a double disqualification. It better have been. Yeah. And then the bitch slot was the Bushwhackers defeating the fabulous Rougeau brothers. Wow, the Whackers beat the Rougeaus? Yep. The Whackers, before they got to WWF, WWE, they were a feared team. Like a hardcore, hardcore, like a bloody hardcore Pre-Dudley Boys, pre-Abdullah the Butcher, maybe not pre-Abdullah the Butcher, but same kind of in the tag team realm. They used forks and knives and actually had really great matches. Then they came to WWE and did that gaga, goo-goo, ha-ha, and made more money than they ever did. If one thing Vince knows how to do, it's take these older acts and turn them into ha-ha-hoo-hoo, gaga, goo-goo, and make everybody money. So we're going to have the Bushwhackers and George the Animal steal with the ha-ha goo-goo shirt yes. together. By the way, they should. Well, I think we can we can have that happen. Saturday, it's main event number Foley 24. Okay. Starts off with the Ultimate Warrior, who's now world champion. Oh. No, he's intercontinental no. champion. He defeats Andre the Giant by DQ. Sure does. The genius 
Lanny Poffo. Hey, against Hogan? Against Hogan. That was a big match. Poffo won. He won by count out? Yes. yes. He did. Mr. Perfect was in the genius's corner. And did they destroy Hogan's belt with the ring hammer after this? They did, yes. Hmm. Spoiler alert. Dusty Rhodes defeats the big boss man. Mr. Perfect. And that introduced the new championship after that. Maybe. It, it the did, Eagle yes. Wing belt came after that? It did, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Perfect defeated the Red Rooster, and then the Rockers against the Brain Busters in a two out of three falls match. That this, would have been the Brain Busters swan song? It would. And this was also a popular trope that we haven't talked about yet, where right before the commercial break, Bobby the Brain Heenan gets kicked out of the arena, yeah. and he gets like locked behind doors. A lot of two out of threes falls matches. Uh... A lot of them, yes. It's like a way to kill time. Saturday, it's main event number 25, not 15, as you, you would have guessed earlier. Opens with... Macho King Randy Savage against former King Jim Duggan. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior against Mr. Perfect and the Genius. Mm. This set up their WrestleMania 6 main event. Jake the Snake Roberts against Greg the Hammer Valentine. Dusty Rhodes with Sapphire in his corner against Ravishing Rick Rude. Double countout. And then we close off with Dino Bravo against Ronnie Garvin. Yeesh. Yeah, not not the best one. Uh, Next one. This is after, uh, yeah, it's after WrestleMania uh, 6. Hulk Hogan defeats Mr. Perfect. Sure does. I believe Perfect gave him the Perfect Plex, though. I believe you're right. Yeah, he kicked out of it after. Yeah, you're right. Earthquake defeated Hillbilly Jim. Ooh. Uncle Elmore is nowhere to be found here. That must be Hillbilly Jim's last match. I didn't even remember him being active at that point. Uh, He was still around. He was doing like house shows. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. This was was the leader. A rare usage of Hillbilly. Yeah. The Hart Foundation. In 1990, Hillbilly Jim was wrestling? He sure was. Huh. He can still go today. He's uh, He keeps himself in. Uh, oh, does he? Team. He's ready to rock? Yeah. Didn't he manage like the Godwins at one point? That was much, much later, but yes. Yeah. yeah. The Hart Foundation uh, fought the Rockers, Babyface versus Babyface team. And this was something where Demolition got involved. Oh. All three of them were faces at that time. Very good match. The Ultimate Warrior, now WWF champion, defeated. Who do you think is his challenger would have been? Terry Gibbs. Close. Brooklyn Brawler. Close. Barry Horowitz. Haku. Oh. And then in the bitch slot, you've got Big Boss. Oh, they put Warrior in feuds with Andre and then Haku. Boy, they must have really liked this guy. I guess so. It's like they put him in the ring with two guys that would keep him in line. I guess so, yeah, but just makes for a really shitty match, especially your first like, title that's his, his first two feuds were Andre and Haku. That's like, you know, that's crazy. It sure that's is. That's like getting hit by a car and then like hit by a plane. Haku's a tough guy. Uh, closing off with Big Boss Man Akeem. Nothing too special Obviously, there. Warrior's title run wasn't doing much if he's in that late of a slot for that title match. Like Hogan's still in the Hogan spot, even yeah. though Warrior's the champ. Absolutely. Yeah, they weren't phasing Hogan. Who was the mop up? Uh, Big Boss Man Akeem. Against Akeem? Yeah. Ugh. We move on to Saturday Night's main event number 27. The Ultimate Warrior, uh, WWF champion, defeated Rick Rude by disqualification. That was also the main event of SummerSlam that year, but a month later. Demolition, which were now Smash and Crush, defeated the Rockers. Uh, Demolition were now Heels. And Rockers were about to split. This was the beginning of the end for them? Like their Mm -hmm. angle of like a losing streak started here? No, not yet. No. No? No. Another year. Mr. Perfect, uh, the Intercontinental Champion, defeated Tito Santana. And then in the bitch slot... At this point, Tito's been in a lot of Saturday Night's main events. He has, yeah, absolutely. 
And then uh, both new to the, the the bitch slot and Saturday Night's Main Event proper, the Texas Tornado defeated Playboy Buddy Rose. Playboy Buddy Rose. Yeah. Huh. All right. We're, get, we're getting close to the end here. The Ultimate Warrior and the Legion of Doom against Axe, Smash, and Crush. That's a dream match. It was a very quick match, but yeah, yeah four minutes and 59 seconds. My I think that's the only... Is that one of the only times Demolition fought the LOD? On Saturday Night's Made Event? Or at, in, in, at all? No, I think they fought. They fought. They did the house show loop. I actually saw this match in Maple Leaf Gardens, the six man. Because I remember watching an interview with Demolition saying like they never got like their pay-per-view match against Demolition or against the no, Road Warriors. Probably not pay-per-view, no. It's like like how they didn't put Flair and Hogan, they didn't put Demolition in the yeah. in Legion of Doom, and that, that seemed like a no-brainer at the time. Yeah, but Axe was hurting at that point, too, so I think that was part of it. Hmm. Macho King Randy Savage against Dusty Rhodes. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Tugboat against Rhythm and Blues. Sounds terrible. Sergeant Slaughter against Coco Beware. A lot of matches on this card. Yeah, and then the final one, Texas Tornado, who is now the Intercontinental Champion, against Haku. All right. Um, what year are we in now? We are in 90, 91, maybe. I'm not entirely So the sure. show's like a year away from getting canceled. It is, yeah. This is 91. Uh, April of 91. The Ultimate Warrior defeated Sergeant Slaughter by disqualification. The Nasty This boys, is like the steroid trial was happening at this point. I think so, yeah, for sure. Um, the Nasty Boys defeated the Bushwhackers. For the WWF tag titles. Really? Yeah. That's when they... What? No. How does that make sense? What do you mean, how does it make when sense? When were the Bushwhackers the tag team champions? The Nasty Boys were the tag team champions. So how did the Nasty Boys beat the Bushwhackers for the championship? I didn't say that. I said it was... Sorry, it was for the championship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I apologize. It's like, you know, they, haha, Axe, don't win belts. Yeah. A very good point. There was... Although Foley did. There was another battle royal. Yes. Do you remember who won it? We well, you know Hercules won the first one. I don't remember. And I'll even give you a hint. It was another member. Actually, no. <laughs> what? I was going to give you a hint, then I realized it was uh, not true. Ah, what was the hint? <laughs> it was another member of the Bobby Heenan family. But it wasn't. Well, the person was a member of the Heenan family at one point. But not during this particular... I don't believe so, no. Maybe he was. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. <laughs> Who is it? Mr. Perfect. Perfect won that battle royal. And what did that get him? He eliminated Greg the Hammer Valentine. That's all it says here in my notes. Hmm. Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase fought Brett the Hammer Hart to a double countout. And in the bitch slot, you've got the Mountie against Tito Santana. The quality of these shows Tito is, again. Yeah, the quality of these shows is really going downhill. So this is the first Saturday Night's Main event on Fox. So it had gone from NBC to Fox and only lasted, I believe, a few episodes. Rowdy Roddy Piper is now the Intercontinental Champion. This is nice. I probably was stopped like why I I'm sure we still watched it, but yeah. may have not been like live anymore to watch. I was maybe, watching it live. Maybe I still was. Yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper see if I remember. was Intercontinental Champion. He defeated the Mountie. Mm-hmm. This was uh, where the Mountie hit him with his shock stick and it and Piper no sold it because he was wearing like um, what's like the surfer, mm-hmm. a wetsuit. Wet yeah, a wetsuit. Thank you. 
Hulk Hogan and Sid Justice defeated Ric Flair and The Undertaker. Oh. Which is a huge match. Yeah. Especially because uh, at the end of that match, that's where Jake the Snake tried to attack Miss Elizabeth. He sure did. Yes. But also, this match is well known for the fact that Sid turned on Hulk Hogan. Is this that when that happened? Yes. Huh. That prick. Yeah. And then you've got... uh, No. Yes. When? What's the month that this aired? Let me check my notes. It's 92, though. January 1992. Ah. And it, and it aired in February 92. Okay. Complete. Yeah, so this set up WrestleMania. Yes. So after Hogan and... So Hogan and Sid had already had issues in the Battle Ro- and the Royal Rumble. Right. That, and then this was them teaming up saying, no, we're cool now, but then they really weren't cool. Yeah, and this was after they announced that Hogan Flair was going to be the main event for WrestleMania. Yeah, and then Hogan backed out of that match for some weird reason, saying he demanded Sid. Yes, after this match. Yes. yes. So what could follow that up but Sergeant Slaughter mm. teaming with Hacks and Hacksaw Jim Duggan oh. against the Beverly Brothers. The Beverlys. Yes. You know who had good matches with the Beverlys? <laughs> the Bolsheviks. The Hart Foundation. Oh, sorry. My mistake. Yes. The, hold on. The Hart Foundation never had matches with the Beverly well, Brothers. Tell that, like, tell that to Bret Hart. I will. Next time I see him. There's no way. Like, the timelines wouldn't have worked you out. You never know. Maybe there was a reunion match on the loop. On the Indies, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe in Stampede. UWF. The final match was Randy Savage against Jake the Snake Final Roberts match ever? Of this Saturday Night Tour ah, event. Fair, fair. We're getting close to the final match ever. Holy shit. All right. Saturday Night's main event number... This is the comprehensive Saturday Night's main event podcast. You're not going to get this anywhere else. No, for sure. No, absolutely they wouldn't have not. the balls to do what we're doing. Or the time. Saturday Night's main event, 31 opens. 31 episodes we've gone through. Yeah. And we do this effortlessly. Like, I mean, this is this is... Throw in a few Zukov jokes. Talk about all Uncle Elmer. We're we're going right ahead though. The Ultimate Maniacs, ah, which is the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Macho Man Savage. Yes, they defeated Money Inc. Oh. the tag team champions by countout. Hmm. Shawn Michaels. Oh boy, won his first singles, singles championship. championship. Do you remember who he won it against? Wait, he won a championship on Saturday Night's main event. He did. Really? Yes. Did he? Why would I make that up? Who did he beat? The British Bulldog. Really? Yes. I actually remember that yeah. with a small package or something, a roll-up of some kind. Yes. And then- Like an the, honor roll. I don't remember the finish, but yeah, you're probably right. Uh, then the final match on this one was Brett the Hitman Hart, the uh, world champion at this time. And Bulldog was on his way out at that point. That was his he'd, last match. He'd been suspended, yeah, by this point, for sure. Shawn Michaels wins the and then he shows up at the Beach Blast, uh, Bash at the Beach in WCW next year. Chalkmaster, all that. Yes. Good good history, for sure. Brett the Hitman Hart, WWF champion, uh, faces Rena Rumble alumni Papa Shango. Oh. Beats him by submission. That was the... uh, Shango tapped out, and that was the end of that gimmick. Not only was that the end of the gimmick, it was the last Saturday Night's main event uh, of that era. Really? Yes. That was it? Yeah. Bret Hart killed Saturday Night's main event? (laughs) By a match with Papa freaking Shango. And that was the mop-up slot? Was Brett the champ was in the mop-up slot? Yes. Oof. If you saw the show, though, it really wasn't very good. Saturday Night's Main Event made a comeback later in, like, 2006, I feel. Uh, we were there live for, I think, one of the final, final tapings in yeah. Toronto. It was like Vander Holyfield against Matt Hardy. Uh, no, not that one. This was uh, John Cena against Great Khali in an arm wrestling match. And, like, Hornswoggle was against, like, Dink or something like that. Hornswoggle against Dink? 
I might be making that up, but Hornswoggle was involved in some way, shape, or form. Was Floyd Mayweather against Matt Hardy, maybe? No, no. There was a Vander Holyfield against Matt Hardy, but that was a different Saturday Night's meeting. Ah. We were not live for that one. No. No. So, going back to the heyday of Saturday Night's Main Event, as we, as we start to wrap this up, any, any thoughts, any memories? What a run. Yeah. What a run. I mean, you heard a lot of guys' names over and over and over again. Those names made a lot of money during Except that period of time. Homer. Except for Uncle Homer. in the first year of the show, maybe the first two years. Hogan's name obviously said the mo- most times. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, again challenge you a bit on uncle Elmer. He was making lots of money he was like wearing cu- like overalls yeah hulk hogan's name said a lot absolutely randy savage nikolai volkov heard his name a lot mm-hmm. tito santana heard his name a lot you know who i would say the biggest star like underrated star of all of the saturday night's main event run was macho man close Honky Tonk? No. Bundy? Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Because she had this whole story arc where she started off as yeah. like being the very supportive, like, sure. you know, yeah. baby face to Savage's heel. Then she, they turned together. A lot of major storylines ran through her. Yeah. The George the Animal Steel was like fighting for to own her or whatever. Uh, then she teamed up with Hogan. Mm-hmm. And they had the whole Mega Powers sure. thing. So it was a, a, it just, you know, in terms of You've different You've got lust stories, in your eyes, Hogan. Yeah. Miss Elizabeth, sure. Yes. Uh, I'll tell you, Jesse Ventura, probably the main MVP, probably for me, of Saturday Night's Main Event would have been Jesse the Body. His mm-hmm. commentary was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So entertaining. And Mean Gene in the back with the interviews, unbelievable. I, I'd even say Vince McMahon. Yeah, Vince as was the good voice too. of Saturday Night's Main because it just it was so different. It wasn't like any other wrestling announcer before or after him. He was just the And the production was in. just better. It was just like a really good show. Yeah, that was the Ebersol effect for sure. Great series. I'm happy that we reviewed it. Uh, it definitely, you could see when the show started to go downhill and no disrespect to any other entertainer or performer, but, you know, once the belt is not on Hogan anymore, things start to go downhill. The Hogan effect is, believe it, folks, it's real. It's a real thing. Hogan was the biggest draw by far. Everybody else was was, was secondary to Hulk Hogan. Yeah, if you go to any other television show, there's always like a leading star, right? Somebody who like people, you know, and then when you don't focus on that star, ratings go down. Hogan was the guy. Absolutely. I mean, you cannot deny it. Yeah. As soon as Warrior or Savage or Bret Hart become champ, it's not the same. Absolutely. And Hogan's still in the main slot, even when he's not the champ. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he was a huge star of that. So, yeah, very fun stuff, man. Saturday Night's Main Event available on WWE Network. You can watch episodes, and I'm sure uh, you can search on YouTube and find various episodes, including Uncle Elmer's Wedding, uh, interrupted by Rowdy Roddy Piper. You may even hear us on YouTube with this. Who knows? Uh, you should. Okay. You should put these all these episodes up. I, I will take it to the powers that be. We'll see if yeah, we've got I the budget to uh, pull yeah. that off. Um, in the meantime, I can be found on Twitter at Canadian Bulldog Stu. At Stu Stone. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll speak to you again next time on Wrestling Merchandise and Memories. What you gonna do, Seeker?